Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. How are you? Oh, hey, Keith. I'm doing great. Quite. I was going to say great, and then I said quite well. I'm doing all of it. You're doing all of it? Both of them. Everything? <laughs> um, we are a week before the U.S. election. Have you voted already? No, but I have my ballot in hand and uh, know where I am dropping it. So that will be happening in the next couple of days. I did mine the other day because there was a lot of measures to sift through. Yes. Uh, I don't know I if you know have. About. I have a politically savvy friend who sends out his own personal voting guide every every year. Every election, actually. Local state national and he's a godsend and i i trust him with my election life oh all right (laughs) i don't have one of those friends i had to do a lot of research um well with all that said uh hopefully if you're if if you are in america and you're eligible and registered to vote please go vote it's important please exercise that right use that right uh because as always the billboard pop shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things elections and pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Taylor Swift's Folklore is back at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart for an eighth non-consecutive week, and it becomes the first album to sell a million copies in the U.S. in 2020. Plus, 2020. It's like on Barbara Walters. 2020. Plus, (laughs) we've got news on how 24K Golden and Ian Dior's Mood holds at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and how Ariana Grande's new single, Position, snaps the highest debut on the Pop Songs Airplay chart since January. Plus, we'll be talking about what Grande's new single and her presidential video could mean for her upcoming album and her next moves. On top of all that, you might have heard of these guys. We have an interview with our current Hot 100 chart toppers, 24K Golden and Ian Dior. Hey, look at that. (laughs) Just like that. Uh, We caught up with them to talk about the success of their single, as well as their new spooky Just In Time for Halloween podcast, Halloween in Hell, in which they co-star alongside Machine Gun Kelly and Tommy Lee. So stick around for that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. Yeah. First, yeah. Yes. Let's, let, let us do the chat let's. of charts. First up, Taylor Swift's Folklore album not only returns to number one on the Billboard 200 chart, jumping from number 10 to number one, mind you, for an eighth non-consecutive week atop the list, but it also becomes the first album to sell a million copies in the U.S. this year. The power of Taylor Swift. Power of Taylor. Uh, Well, the set jumps, as I said, from number 10 up to number one with 77,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending October 22nd, and that's up 170%, of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Now, the album's huge increase is owed to an explosion of sales generated from Swift's official web store, where the superstar sold autographed CDs for only $25 a piece for a limited time. And of Folklore's units earned for the week, album sales comprise 57000 of that figure, which is a gain of 709%, so you can imagine that a whole lot of those were probably the signed CD. Hmm. Taylor's hand really must be hurting. 
she joked about that on um, Tumblr or Instagram. She posted a photo uh, where it was her signing CDs, and she said, you know, bonus, some of the autographed CDs may come with cat hair and a yes. wine aroma from me signing all these things. <laughs> white wa- Spilled white wine. <laughs> spilled white wine. Um, well, with another 57,000 copies sold in the U.S. Uh, in the tracking week, ending October 22nd, Folklore's total album sales now jump past 1 million copies sold, up to 1.038 million, to be exact, making it the first album to sell a million copies in 2020 in the United States. It's also the first album released in 2020 to sell a million. Uh, Folklore was released on July 24th and debuted atop the August 8th dated Billboard 200 chart. And her last album, by the way, Swift's last album, Lover, which was released on August 23rd, 2019, was the only album to sell a million copies in the U.S. in 2019. It sold 1.09 million that year of its now total 1.22 million. So just to just to bring it home, Folklore and Lover are the only albums released in 2019 and 2020 so far to sell a million copies in the United States. Again, the power of Taylor Swift. <laughs> the power of Taylor Swift and... How many Sharpies she's had to go through. Exactly. With with that said, congrats to Taylor on being the rare artist that can actually sell albums. Uh, yeah. We love she must that. Have, she must have heard us talking about Adele and her million-selling power last week and then was like, maybe I should sign some copies. Yeah. I mean, just in case. <laughs> just in um, case. Speak, speaking of Adele, might we see some chart action next week in the wake of Adele's hosting gig on Saturday Night Live uh, last Saturday? Well, time will tell on that. Uh, but in the meantime, Katie... What did you think of her hosting and performing skills? And what did you make of her claim of how her new album isn't finished yet? Do we believe her considering all of the stuff that we pontificated and theorized about last week on the show? Yeah, I mean, you heard us talk last week and we were like, there's no chance she just, you know, comes out of hiding to do this episode, like, for no reason, no album, no music. But turns out that's exactly what she did. Turns out. Turns out there was no music. We were, you know, I was sitting there waiting midnight Thursday, waiting during the show Saturday, nothing. Um, And she even said in her monologue, as Keith mentioned, that her album is not finished yet. So probably the earliest we're going to hear anything is going to be next year. Uh, and I'm bummed, <laughs> honestly. Um, I, I feel too. like when I hear the name Adele, I expect music to be on the horizon, but obviously she was as charming as ever as the host. And now we know that she can definitely do something without promoting an album. <laughs> now we know she just could come out and do stuff. Yeah. Maybe she just felt compelled to, maybe she was just doing it for fun. I mean, we're I don't know. That's what she told us in her Instagram caption last week, but we didn't believe her. And so no. now we now we do. <laughs> no, I mean, we just we're just not used to that. So I guess fine. I guess we have to believe you, Adele, until that album drops this weekend. And we got a tiny bit of singing. There was no big musical performance. Her was legitimately the music guest. Uh, but a, yeah, the, the artist <laughs> H.E.R. H period. H period. R period. was the musical guest. But there was a Bachelor skit. If you need some new Adele singing, you have to settle for hearing her sing her old songs in a Bachelor skit from SNL. She did sound fantastic on it, but it was the songs that you already know and love. Nothing new. All right. Well, fine. She pulled Uh, one over on us, Keith. Yeah. Well, okay. So over on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, our our guests today, 24K Golden and Ian Dior, hold at number one for a second week with Mood as the track continues to make inroads on the radio. 
The track jumps to number one on the pop songs airplay chart, and also uh, to number two uh, on the rhythmic songs airplay chart. It's also a top 25 hit on the adult pop songs airplay chart, a top 15 hit on the alternative songs airplay chart, and also on the rap airplay chart. And you'll hear us talk to the guys about this in our interview in a few minutes, but I mean, this song literally has no genre, as evidenced by the list that that Keith just uh, read. I mean, this this song is just appealing to a wide swath of music listeners, no matter what you're listening to. Well, lastly, in chart news, uh, Ariana Grande's new single, Positions, which dropped last Friday, October 23rd, debuts on the Pop Songs Airplay chart after only three days of airplay. The track bows at number 25, and that's the third highest debut on the chart in 2020, and the highest since January. And it's also Ari's second highest debut ever, following the number 19 bow of Bang Bang with Jessie J and Nicki Minaj back in 2014. Now, it's probably safe to assume that Positions will make an eye-catching debut on the Hot 100 next week once we have its first full tracking week of activity with streams and sales included. So stay tuned for that on Billboard.com for all the news about that in the coming days. In the meantime, uh, we have her full album coming on Friday as well, which is also called Positions. And uh, this is the first taste of that era. And uh, I have to say, I loved the music video. Obsessed with the music video. The video is is pretty stunning, yeah. It is, uh, you know, if you have not seen it yet, takes place in a little uh, place called the White House. And (laughs) and Ariana is the commander in chief and she is wearing an incredible array of fashions. Um, The song I liked, but I I'm excited to hear more from the full album. I don't know how you feel, Keith. Oh, wow. um, Hot take from, from Katie, a controversial hot take. Listen, I love Ariana Grande so much. Um, This was not the memorable first taste of the album that I wanted. Um, I think it was like a nice sounding song and I love the message behind it, which is that women can do it all, which obviously that is a hundred percent true. And I love that Ariana is speaking to her young fans and letting them know that like women can literally do everything and anything that anybody can do. do you- um, yeah. But the song itself did not bowl me over. Do you think that the combination of, the timing of this song and the album and the music video itself, where in the music video, she's not only the president, but her cabinet and all of the, you know, high level administration type members that she surrounds herself with are, it's a very diverse cast of characters, mostly women. Mm-hmm. I did not see, I did not see a single old white man anywhere right. in the video. Um, do you think that this um, was picked for a reason on the eve of the election did do you think that there could be some sort of like statement piece about the record like is any of that going through your mind about what the the song the video and the album could sort of mean for kind of going forward for her in this era a hundred percent i do i wonder like i did they use the word single for positions i know that that doesn't mean much they are going for they are they did actually officially service it to radio that is definitely a thing okay because it almost feels like it's like the mission statement of the album probably you know and and of the of the position's name um but maybe to your point like maybe there are 
you know, some buried bangers that are going to come out on Friday with the full album. And this was just like, I want to make this statement before the election. And right. God bless her for doing that. And um, and to your point also, you know, beyond the, you know, fabulous looks in the video and her playing the president, there is just a message of everybody that she includes in the video, including her mom, Joan Grande, sitting at the boardroom table in the video. But I'm looking forward to hearing the whole thing. Love the video and like love the idea behind it and love Ariana for always making a strong statement. And now it's time for our interview with our current Hot 100 chart toppers, 24K Golden and Ian Dior. We caught up with the duo just after it was announced that Mood was number one for a second week. So we got the reaction to the news and how they feel about how the song has taken off in such a huge way. And they also both talk about their upcoming albums due out in early 2021 and what to expect of them. Plus, we talk about their co-starring role in the new spooky podcast, Halloween in Hell, in which they co-star alongside Machine Gun Kelly and Tommy Lee, which is a hilarious duo since MGK played Tommy Lee in the dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Uh, Tommy Lee plays the devil, by the way, sure, and he hosts a game show in the underworld where the contestants have to sing or die. Did that sound spooky enough? <laughs> I can't sound spooky, you guys. Um, Of course, the devil is the devil, after all, and he changes the rules at will. So who will survive and make it out of hell? Well, you'll have to tune in to find out. In the meantime, take a listen to our interview with 24K Golden and Ian Dior. Why you always in the mood? Fuck around like I'm brand new. I ain't trying to tell you what to do, but try to play cool. Hello to 24K Golden and Ian Dior, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, uh, we're speaking with both of you on the Monday before Halloween. And we come bearing no tricks, but we do have a treat for you. Uh, as it was announced earlier today that your song together, Mood, spends a second week at number one uh, on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So congratulations to you both. Uh, how's it feel to be number one for a second week in a row? You, you go first, 24K Golden. Yeah, pretty good. Can't lie. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, I mean, a number one is such like an elite place to be in, in music. And we saw how excited you guys were last week. And now you're number one again. Um, did you have any idea that the song was going to take off the way that it has? To be honest, um, not in my from my perspective, I, I don't know if you thought it, but I, I thought it was going to be big, but I did not think this was going to be our first number one. Ian, what, what about you? Yeah, so I definitely knew it was going to go number one. Um, <laughs> no, no, we were literally just chilling. Like, we were playing Call of Duty at, at my apartment. It's like, we just, like, it'd be the songs that you don't expect that are going to go number one. Um, I know Katie was talking about it last week. Just, like, weren't you, what were you saying, Katie? That, like, the song is just sort of everywhere, and it's really cool to see a song just come completely out of left field and take people by surprise. Well, yeah, I mean, it's also just uh, across genres, like it's being embraced by rock, pop, hip hop, you know, it's, it's genreless basically, which is really unique in music. Is that, is that kind of how you guys approach your music, like without any genre in mind? I think our generation, like we grew up listening to so much different types of music. Like it's just, we don't, we don't think about genre instinctively. Like back in the day, it's like, well, you want to be a rock star or you want to be a rapper or you want to be an R&B singer. Nowadays, you could be all three things. And I feel like this song doing what it, what it did and, and reaching the heights it did, that's reflective of, of a shift in culture. Like we're pushing the culture forward 
and, and saying, all right, now music, it doesn't matter what genre it is. It just matters that people like it. And we made music that people like. So I'm just glad to be that. I'm glad to be a, a, a vessel to, to help inspire and push the culture. And uh, as we said at the start of the podcast, we're coming up on Halloween. And both of you are part of a new also podcast, a spooky podcast that's available now called Halloween in Hell. And uh, you did it alongside Tommy Lee, Machine Gun Kelly, and more. Um, can you tell us what the show is about and, and how you both got involved? Maybe each of you tell us your, your part of the story. So I met Jared probably like a year ago. Um, and we just hit it off. You know, he liked, he liked the music. This was before anything was really popping, but he just fucked with me. And he was like, as soon as I got something for you, I'm gonna let you know. And when he told me about the podcast and that Kells was doing it, Ian's doing it, like I'm doing it, like it, it's just another one of those things that I feel like was perfectly aligned. Like I've come to learn when you do stuff with your friends, it turns out better because you're having more fun. So going there and recording the lines with Kells and like going and and I know we're about to have this big party, uh, this big Halloween party to celebrate the podcast and stuff like it's all good vibes. And I think people could sense that when they listen to the podcast. And how about you, Ian? Uh, well, I think Golden MGK had already done a few things for the podcast and Jared called me and he asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. He said that Golden and, and uh, MGK, they really wanted me to be a part of it. So uh, I pulled up on them and the first song that I did was uh, In Hell, So It Was Halloween. And then I think we did another one where me, Golden and MGK are on. No, like Golden said, it's really good vibes. Jared's house, you know what I mean? He, he's a good dude. He, he um, goes into detail and production and stuff. So um, it was really fun. And it was one of my first times doing like voiceovers for acting and all that stuff. So it was a, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, next next we're going to do our own anime or some shit like that. Oh, God. Um, 24K Golden, Jared, you just mentioned him. He's the producer of the podcast, right? He's the guy who created the show. Is that right? Yeah, uh, formerly known as Jingle Jared, now Jared from Audio Up. <laughs> but nah, he's he's a, a rock star himself. Like he be he be wearing these big hats and like scars and and boots and shit. So so he got some flair and, and he understands where we're coming from and, and he just wants to give us a platform to 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 storytell in a way that is different from how we usually storytell and uh, and make great music to go alongside it. Um, the, the, the podcast for folks who aren't familiar with Halloween and hell, I listened to the first episode the other day, basically Tommy Lee plays the devil and he's in a pinch where he needs new talent. And so he basically absconds a bunch of people that really shouldn't be quite in hell yet. And they have to perform on a talent show. Uh, and this includes, uh, our fine guests that we're, we are speaking to. Um, and then, you know, mayhem ensues and it's funny and there's a lot of wink wink jokes to the music industry and music fans as well. Uh, you both recorded new songs for the podcast too. Um, did the producers uh, ask you specifically to come up with certain kinds of show songs to fit the show or how did that creative process work? I think I think what was cool about working on uh, these songs versus like stuff that we normally do for our artist projects is that it felt like I was writing like a soundtrack for a movie or something like that. It, it, and and I know like, cause I, I want to do acting and, and make my own movies and TV shows one day in the future too. Like this definitely gave me experience for like, like making sure that the song fits the story of the moment. Cause 
when there's there's so many writing camps and stuff like that where they're like, all right, send us in songs for Fast and Furious. And you could send in a hundred songs, but none of them make it. And I feel like now I have a better understanding of like how to tell a story with a song and make something to accompany that versus just making a good sounding song. And just to switch gears to uh, your own music, your non-Halloween music right now, um, 24K Golden, your, your debut album, El Dorado, is on the way. Um, would you say that mood is a, is a decent, you know, vibe to expect from the album? Or, or what, would you, what would you tell fans? It's, it's one of the vibes, you know. I've always been the type to, to keep people on, on their toes, especially musically. Um, so if, if Dropped Out of College was me, you know, trying out pop, trying out rock, trying out rap, El Dorado was me figuring out how to fuse all those elements together, but still have it be different songs, you know, not sound the same. So mood is one is one side of the story, but as these next couple songs release, you'll see the different sides. And uh, when the album drops, you'll really see the full picture. Do we have an idea of when the album might come? Early 2021. Okay. You know, and um, Ian, you put out your debut album almost exactly a year ago now, and you dropped an EP over the summer. So what are you working toward next? What is, what's the next project? Or are you just going song by song? Yeah, um, so I'm working on the album right now. Should be dropping around like top of the year. For the album, you, you guys could look out for it. I mean, I make, there's some hip hop in there with internet money. There's some, there's some funk in there. There's some rock. There's alternative pop. And then obviously like, I have some songs that are like mood in there with the uh, um, rap pop and you know what I mean I have influences of some rock and, and the bridges and, and stuff like that so um, yeah that, that's what my album is basically going to be it's going to be like around that world and do you think that you two will ever pair up again because you obviously work together well as a team I would say since your first project nah never one. no I'm just <laughs> No, I, I, every day I, I open my DMs and people are like, when are you and Ian dropping another song? When are you and Ian dropping another song? So it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're we're friends. We knew each other for two years before we released a song, or a year or two before we released a, a song together. So like, whenever we just get back in the studio, there's there's no pressure, at least. I think we don't feel no pressure for it. Yeah. No, yeah. That, I mean, it just happened naturally. Like, I met you when you were at your college dorm. Yeah, it all the time, like we never forced a song on each other, and then it happened. So yeah, I mean that's how, that's just how the process is. That's I guess that's just how you go number one. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It won't that easy. Wait, you met each other, Ian. You met him at Twenty Four K Golden's dorm. Yeah, so I had met him prior to that, like once, and then we just started like the first time we kicked it. I pulled up to uh pulled up on him, and, and I went to his dorm, and we went to like some like frat party and <laughs> taking it and yeah yeah so like that's just how really how it all started I feel like wow we oh. both seen each other come up like like first like I one of the first rolling louds we did together like first oh, barrier rolling loud we did together like this Ian's always been one of those people that's like like we can connect on shit for real not to be like oh what's up bro how's your day like like I see him I'm like Yo, where'd you get those pants from? Like, bro, like, like we be having like fit battles and shit, like friendly fit battles and stuff like that. Like, it, it's just a, it's always a good vibe. Um, well, clearly there's going to be a collab album coming for just from the two of you. Then that's what's happening. So good. We'll see. We'll see. Just broke news. We appreciate that. Thank you. 
Well, we really appreciate your time and uh, everyone needs to go out and listen to the Halloween podcast and listen to your music and keep you at number one and all the good things. So thank stream, you so much for chatting with us. Stream mood for clear skin. Don't forget y'all stream yes. mood for clear skin. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much to 24K Golden and Ian Dior for taking the time to chat. As they said, stream mood for clear skin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, really it's time, now it's time for the chart set of the week. Well, this is a decidedly non-spooky chart set of the week, as this week in 1983... Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton united for the number one Hot 100 hit, Islands in the Stream. The track rose 3 to 1 on the October 29th, 1983 dated chart and spent two weeks on top. Now, by the time uh, Kenny and Dolly got together on Islands, both of them were bonafide uh, country pop crossover superstars. Uh, The track was the second Hot 100 number one for both artists who had previously ruled as individuals. Parton with 9 to 5, and Rogers with Lady. Islands was written by the Bee Gees, Barry, Morris, and Robin Gibb, and was meant to be a solo track for Rogers. But, you know, the brothers Gibb and Kenny weren't really feeling the solo version, so Rogers thought to ask his friend Dolly to hop on the track. Well, the pairing worked wonders and became a crossover smash, reaching number one on both the Hot Country Songs chart and the Hot 100 chart. Kenny and Dolly would record further duets over the years and continue to remain great friends as well up until Roger's death earlier this year. So there you have it. This week in 1983, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton teamed up for the number one Hot 100 hit, Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream, that is what we are. No one in between. That is what we are, Katie, on this podcast. Um, all right, so what song should we go out on on this uh, Halloween Eve show? Oh, man. Um, uh, oh, I've got one. Okay. Witchy Woman by the Eagles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go for the Eagles. That's kind of an easy one. Um, all right, see you guys next time. Bye. Ooh, 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 witchy.